Get in. Any messages while we were gone? You missed calls from Barry Allen, Oliver Queen, and Cara Zorel. Sounds like the annual crossover. Ugh, yeah, that's gonna be a hard pass. Welcome back to the Comic Book Bullets with Nerdist New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, with my co-host. This is Eli. Yep, and we're back with another episode, and it is a lot of shit that happened this week. I was prepared to talk about one thing, ignore this other thing, but this other thing outshined the other thing that I like. So we're going to talk about that thing as well as the other thing, and then we're going to go from there. But before we get there, Eli, how many days are we from Christmas? In three, uh, two, ten? I guess. I don't know. You might, you may or may not be right. I don't know. I, I, Nine. I, I just guess. did the math. I guess. December fifteenth, sixteenth, and the twenty fifth. I just yeah. I, I suck at math. That's why I podcast. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> main thing reason I was asking it because of course we, the closer we're getting closer to Christmas, apparently the crazy the world is getting. Uh, there's been a big controversy on every single Christmas thing that is out right now. Uh, they're saying that Charlie Brown is racist. Uh, didn't they say Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is racist also? That, or he's not racist, but like everybody else is. Everybody else treats him bad. They treat Rudolph bad. Isn't that the but, point of the story? That is the point of the fucking story, that he overcomes all the bullshit of the world and becomes a badass motherfucker. Exactly. The best reindeer <laughs> out of all of them, even though they, they weren't yeah. really racist. What, whatever. Okay, so Charlie Brown's racist. Everybody's racist except Rudolph. Uh, Baby Cold Outside is apparently like the Bill Cosby theme song or some bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, apparently they're trying to get that song banned too. Uh, oh, and the craziest thing is Santa Claus. I haven't heard this one. Okay, this is new. <laughs> apparently they did a poll about uh, what should, should Santa Claus look like nowadays. And of course, millennials voted on what Santa Claus should look like. Because they vote on everything, because there was an internet poll, so of course you know what's going to happen. And they said Santa Claus should be rebranded. He should no longer be jo- uh, fa- uh, jolly old fat Saint Nick, you know, old white guy with a beard. They say he should be rebranded as maybe a woman, skinny, <laughs> or even hot, gender, hot or gen- hot or gender gender neutral. Oh fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what we say that uh Is this mean he has no junk? He's like a mannequin. Or maybe he has junk but he tucks it in? I don't know. Whatever goes on right now. So yeah, that's the way they want Santa Claus to be right now. And I started thinking about it. Okay, a lot of people people are getting upset about Santa Claus, right? Because they say Santa Claus is like this, Santa Claus is like that. Okay. I'm black. I went to a predominantly black school wherever I went to. And the thing is, whenever Santa Claus came through our school, Santa Claus came through the neighborhood, Santa Claus was black. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, so Santa Claus can be whatever you want him to be. Him, her, it, them, whatever. Uh, I'll tell you something else. My mom dressed up as Santa Claus. There you go. Yeah. Beard, the whole thing. You never know. 
So, and it's plenty of, of skinny people that, you know, put on fat suits and walk around in Santa Claus anyway. So, at the same time, Santa Claus is basically cosplay? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there was a black Santa Claus at the Mall of America here in Minneapolis. And uh, that fucking everyone, you know, assholes freaked out about. But they, you, you looked at him. I was like, damn, he looks, he looked convincing. He looks like a Santa Claus. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like a... a like the school I went to, you would never, you never expect to see a white Santa because most of the time the Santa Claus was usually like a teacher that dressed up in there. The teachers were black anyway, so of course Santa Claus is going to be black. So we just kind of expected to see that. So I don't know why people are getting up. I don't know why people are getting upset anyway. Santa Claus is not real. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> shit. Which is another thing I meant to ask you, Eli. Okay, like I said, as a parent and to all the parents out there, how do you feel about telling your kids about Santa Claus now in 2018? Well, my kids already know that he, they, he ain't real, so. Right, so, but but how did, but like, did you tell them that at first, or was it like later on, or did you let them believe Santa Claus was real, or? For a while, until like, my kid, like, pretty much outsmarted us. He, what the hell happened? He basically got us to admit that he wasn't real because, by tricking us. Oh, he was on you, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and that's fine. I, I, I feel a type of way about, you know, even fooling kids into thinking Santa Claus is real. Like, just let them know from the beginning. Even if even if you're exposed to Santa Claus, just let them know from the go. He's not real. He's fictional. He's imaginary. You know, uh, Santa Claus is pretty much made up uh, as a mascot for the Coca-Cola brand. We know what this is. And that's pretty much what defined his look. Right. You know, because, yeah, jolly old St. Nick is, uh, that's from, like, the scandinavia or whatever yeah it's like you know. old as hell and you know bring kid bring presents to kids stuff like that have you ever read grant morrison's rebooted run of santa claus uh no probably not. No. it is the most awesome shit ever he made santa claus like fucking thor or some shit is that like what was that movie rise of the guardians where santa was kind of like that he's like a viking warrior thor dude i didn't see it all i know is that i i read like a synopsis of grant morrison's run it was like the most epic shit ever i was like i gotta get my hands on the santa claus book also <laughs> if you want to read a good santa claus book santa claus exists in the marvel universe and he is a mutant and he is omega level mutant <laughs> yes he whooped of the course he his is. ass because he's santa claus <laughs> franklin fuck franklin riches it's santa claus so he is an eleven omega level mutant, say five times five, fast. That whooped the X Men's ass, and he also fought the Hulk. I had that book. I don't remember who won. I know he had a crowbar. Why he had a crowbar against the Hulk? Why was he holding him against the Hulk? Who knows? Santa Claus is a fucking badass in Marvel Universe. All I know. I, I want a crossover with Thanos versus Santa Claus. Somebody do that and get that done. Oh, uh, we talk about the Black Widow shit. Just move on to the city. We got a whole bunch of shit. Uh, it's up to you, man. I don't okay. even know. Yeah, Black hey, Widow Black Widow is. was real. She got <laughs> caught. She uh tried to get close to Donald Trump because the Russian sent her over here. She's in jail. She's probably going to censor everybody. Move on to the next subject. Look it up on CNN. We don't have time for this shit. We got a bunch of other shit. That being <laughs> said, let's move on to the box office numbers. Eli, give it to me. What is the number one movie of the week? Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Does whatever a spider pig can. <laughs> <laughs> Number one movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, and this is not a Disney movie, a MCU-related movie, a tie-in or nothing. This is just Sony. All on Sony. And they what? pulled it off. 
What the yeah. fuck? Nobody holding their hand, no mouth. You know, by hiring the guys that the guys who got fired off the Han Solo movie. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it all worked out in the end. We're gonna go down the list. We're gonna come back to Spider Verse, but we're gonna go back down the list. Okay, so number two we have the Mule, uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, Clint Eastwood's back. Yeah, and I think they say this is the <laughs> highest grossing debut of a man his age or in his seventies or something. I mean, being yeah. led by an actor his age or something. So. He, he won't stop. Clint Eastwood just won't stop. Uh, number three, we have Dr. Seuss the Grinch. We have, number four, Ralph Breaks the Internet. We have number five, Mortal Engines, which debuted at $7 million over the weekend. That's yeah, I have, like, no, I had, like, no interest in that movie at all. <laughs> the which day I went to to take Spider-Man... Yeah. Made a uh, like a quick hint about she wanted to go see Mortal Engines. I just kind of ignored her and just like, yeah, uh, time to go. Sorry. Yeah, like cities on wheels or some shit. I like whatever. It's one of those. <laughs> that, that's the thing about those type of movies, like Hunger Games and Maze Runners Maze or Maze Run or some shit. Yeah. It's kind of peaked. It's a dead. It's a dead genre now. It was a fad for a little while, but it's a dead genre. No oh, is that what it is? Is it like a young adult novel? Exactly. Or it's, it's one of those things. Oh, yeah. I, so I, no I, one cares anymore. That's that's dried up. It's done. Twilight, all that stuff like that, move on. I, I think all those girls have been in that shit. They've all grown up now. Or at least have <laughs> matured past that where they're into some other shit now. So they're in the Jason Momoa now. So they, they don't give a fuck uh, about Twilight. Kids are reading. Well, no, they're not. I was going to say, kids are reading comics, just like Bill Maher said. They're getting stupid and not reading regular books. <laughs> no, kids stupid. aren't reading comics. They're not. Nobody buys comics. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you can't blame us for getting stupider. They're getting stupider for some other reason. So, uh, number six, Creed 2 is hanging in there. They said they're making a Creed 3. And I guess you ever heard of Dante Wilder? No. Okay, me neither. But apparently, uh, Sylvester Long is looking at him to be uh, Clubber Lang Jr. Oh, really? <laughs> so that's what Michael B. Jordan will do? Just fight all the Rockies, bad guys, kids? I'm like, is that... Who wants to see this shit, man? I don't know. Uh, number seven, Bohemian Rhapsody, which I'm hearing is the highest grossing biopic of all time. I may have, made, I may have pulled them numbers out of my ass. Who knows? But sounds good. Uh, number eight, we have Instant Family. Number nine, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Whatever. Uh, and number 10, Green Book. Okay. Oh, and number 11, Once Upon a Deadpool. Yeah, that's right. That's out. That is out. Now, let me get triggered real quick before we get moving on. Not you. Fuck. I hate this Chromebook. Chromebooks suck. This is not a commercial for Chromebooks. <laughs> Here we go. Now, trigger warning. I've been doing this for a week just to get my blood pressure up. And, okay, not too bad. Venom, what I was going to talk about, I wanted to see where Venom's number was at the time. And right now it is at uh, 852 million. So it feels like it's starting to slow down at only 850 million. So it's only 150 million away from a billion. So good job. Good job, Venom. I think it's already out on, not 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 Blu-ray, not DVD, but digital. Uh, Venom? It's coming so. out. Yeah, it's coming. It's on digital. It's coming out on DVD Tuesday. Yeah, so, 
Yeah, so eventually it slowed down. So this is insane for Venom to do this much money. So now the pressure is on for Aquaman next week to match Venom. <laughs> That's the fucking world we live in now. But let's be honest with you. We said this 10 years ago. Uh, a Venom movie and an Aquaman movie, most people would think of that Aquaman movie would close to a Venom movie. Even without Spider-Man, even without anybody. It's, it's Aquaman. No. Yeah. He's lame. So, but we the things have changed now where the Aquaman is all big and beefy now, you know. So now he's supposed to be the, the savior of the DC universe. Aquaman is the savior of the universe. So that either means Aquaman has really rose to stardom, or that just shows you what shit state the DC universe is in right now. Oh, well, Jeff Johns made him awesome. Like, I didn't give a shit about him until I read the, until the new 52. Well, I mean, some people say Peter David made him awesome first. I haven't read that shit, but I, I mean, but uh, you can see a lot of Jason Momoa in that Peter David run. So it's in. I mean, it's ma- mainly off Jeff Johns, but it's definitely some Peter David in there also. So, uh, yeah. So like I said, we said all that. Let's go back to Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Here's the thing, Eli. Before we get in, because you saw it, I saw it. Before we get into that, there's one thing I did want to take a note of that actually alarmed me, and that is the box office gross over the weekend. And the box office gross of the weekend was $35 million. Now, Eli, we've been doing this for a while. $35 million is not shit. Yeah, that's a, that's a little low. That's a little low. But, I mean, I'm looking at the production budget. The production budget is $90 million, So it's not like a $200, $300 million movie. So it was cheaper to make than any normal superhero movie that would have been made now. So even if it does like $500 million, which I see no reason why it shouldn't, it should do okay. Yeah, you know, but you think a movie? I mean, the it's Spider Man. It's made for all ages. It's Christmas. You think this movie would have been a barn burner? You think this movie would just blew the doors off? You think it would have outgrossed Venom? It's open a weekend, <laughs> but it can't do it. Once again, Venom beats the shit out of Spider Man. So Eli, I'm gonna let you go first. Just give it to me. Uh, what you think about the movie? Give me a rating. Let let me have it. I thought it was dope. Surprisingly, I loved it. Holy shit. Um, I thought it, it it kind of reminded me of the Lego Batman movie in a way. Which they where, also made. Yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> where it just sort of deconstructed the whole Spider-Man mythology and um, just made all these different references um, to movies, to comics, to, you know... To, to the other universes, to the multiverses, the other versions of Spider-Man, um, and made it all work. I mean, I never, I mean, I'll admit it, I never read every incarnation of Spider-Man. I never read Spider-Man 2099 or 21, whatever the fuck. Or 2099 Spider- was actually pretty awesome, to be honest with you. Yeah, I never read that shit. I never gave a shit about Spider-Gwen or, you know, um... But yeah, I and the the, the different versions of, of 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 Peter Parker I thought worked really well and and it introduced My, Miles Morales, which I thought was great and just he works totally well nowadays. Um, I thought it looked amazing. I would like actually would like wouldn't mind checking it out in three D because I thought it was so visually stunning. Yeah, and, I saw it in two D also. Yeah. Yeah and. It's one of those movies that uses comic book art and incorporates it into filmmaking. 
taking aesthetics of comic book comic books and making them cinematic, you know, with the panels, the use of texts, the voiceovers. It was a living, breathing comic book, which you don't get to see that. And I've said this before, all the MCU does is just interpret, they just uh, they just adapt the source material. Right. You know, most of those Marvel movies aren't very cinematically, you know, big. They, they, they just, uh, you know, there's a few of them that are visually stunning, like the Guardians movies and Doctor Strange and what have you. But most of them are just, you know, just adapting the source material, just throwing the, the movie, just making a movie out of that story. Right. You know, whereas this movie incorporated comic book art into the movie, into the filmmaking, which I thought was awesome. So yeah, I I loved it. Ah, four point five out of five. You know, shit. You know, so cool. yeah. Okay, I'm gonna just give my quick uh thoughts on it. Like I said, uh, this actually was a movie I was not excited for at all. Like honestly, didn't even think about seeing. If you didn't see Eli, I would have I would have passed it by. Wouldn't even watch it. <laughs> but going in and seeing it, and I didn't care about the reviews, didn't care about any of that shit, didn't care. Uh, but going to the movie and seeing it. I I loved it. I loved it. I loved every single scene of this movie. It was just like you were saying. It's the most comic booky movie we've ever seen. Just because mm-hmm. it feels like it was a comic book come to life. It was another weird thing about it also. Like when I was watching the trailers. You know, you watch trailers. It always felt like the frame rate was off on the on the trailers on the movie. Yeah, yeah. It did. And when I watched the movie at the beginning of it, like the very beginning, it felt like the frame rate was choppy also. But either two things happened. Either the frame rate got smoother, or did I get used to it? Because I didn't yeah. notice it again after after like the first five minutes. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I was like, is should I have seen this on digital or some shit? I was wondering about that too. Yeah, and I was wondering if that was intentional because you started seeing like the print dots and those lines and stuff. Right. Oh, you know? and I was like, that looks like uh, either it's pixelated you know, unrendered video or right. are they trying to, are they using, uh, are, the, are those comic book print dots, you know, from old newsprints, you know, the dots from the old newsprint, uh, um, comics. Right. You know? And I'm thinking it, it, it very was intentional. I'm thinking, it yeah. was. which because makes honestly, that, I was, I was immersed to it. I, sometimes yeah. I kind of, I don't know. It's like it tricked my brain. Like sometimes I forgot I was watching a cartoon. I don't know. Maybe it was me. Yeah. I mean, even though I know it was cartoon, it had a style to it, but I mean, they were emoting, had so much so emotion, they were so expressive. It didn't come, it didn't feel like, uh, it didn't feel like in- Incredibles to me, where I know every single moment I'm watching, it is a cartoon. I'm watching, you know, you know, mimics of cartoon, but this one, I was like fully invested into these characters. And it wasn't just the characters, just, uh, you know, just the action of it, the art style of it, the the soundtrack of it. Oh I've yeah, the music was awesome. <laughs> the music was awesome. I, I was listening when you heard, when you called me. That's what I was doing. Listening to the uh, Spider Man soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I knew you like what the fuck was he listening to? Uh, I've never been to New York before, but the movie made me feel like I was in New York. Mm-hmm. Like it made New York feel like a character. I thought that was pretty awesome. Oh, uh, so many Easter eggs. Just all, just all throughout the movie. So many Easter eggs, and and the movie doesn't stop. The Easter eggs don't get in the way. It's just like they're like in the background. You seem like it's like the Spider-Man PS4 costumes in the in the movie. Super mm-hmm. quick. You either pay attention and you move on, and that's it. Um, 
one thing that made me nervous about it was two things that made me nervous about this movie. First off, because remember the first trailer sold it as a Miles Morales movie. Yeah. And, but then the next trailer sold it as, no, nah, we're throwing in like a million spider people in this movie. I'm like, oh, man. This is one of Miles movie. I don't care about these other people. You know, but actually going to the movie and seeing the movie, it was a Miles Morales movie. Yeah. And it actually makes sense why those other spider people were in the movie. Because really, at the end of the day, they were just there to put their stamp of approval on Miles. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they was like, hey, he's cool. He's okay. We like him. If the if he's okay with the original Spider-Man, then you shouldn't have a problem with him. You know, the viewer, you should be able to listen to uh, like him also. Uh, just his personality. Like I said, I'm not. I haven't read a whole bunch of Miles Morales like that, but just his personality, where they had him in here, he's different from Peter Parker. They feel like two completely different characters. That's what I like about it. Uh, I, I and plus, let's talk about Peter Parker. Peter Parker had his own arc. Yeah, and that's what's so awesome about it because they showed the Spider-Man in this universe. This Spider-Man in this universe was perfect. Had his shit together. Had money. Mary Jane. You know, he was ready. Even the little sex he had with Miles, he was mentoring him. He, yeah, he was like the myth, the legend that we, that us in the real world imagined Spider-Man to be. We adore Spider-Man. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what that version was, was the our interpretation of who Spider-Man is. All the merch. It's like an amalgam of everything we know about Spider-Man. That's what was All that the good one. stuff, yeah. none of the bad stuff. Yeah, the toys, the merch, you know, the comics. I I was a comic book. I made a Christmas album. I, you know. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no possible way he can do that. Anyone can do that in real life. But we, you know, over... You know, the past 50, 60 years, that's what he has become to us. Right. And that's what's funny. And again, that's that's that tongue-in-cheek shit that, like, that the Deadpool movie did. Mm-hmm. Like, almost breaking the fourth wall. And Which ma- this and movie being, did a couple times, too, but, yeah. like, very slightly, yeah. Yeah, and make it, being self, you know, making fun of itself, being self-aware, and, and just making those references that, you know, we would get. You know what I'm saying? Which I thought was brilliant, you know. I I, just, I was digging on it, you know. <laughs> and so yeah, that, that's what I liked about it. But then, and this is, and I'm, I'm we're gonna go into slight spoilers, like, you know. Like I said, we've seen the movie, so we're gonna go into slight spoilers. Uh, I didn't know what they were gonna do with this Spider-Man, this Peter Parker in this universe, because I'm like, okay, why is he old? Why is he fat? Why is he flubby? And then they explain it, because in the trailers it made no sense. But in the movie, they clearly explain it because the thing is, like, we read Spider-Man comics. We know how Spider-Man is always fucking up. You know, yeah. Peter Parker is always fucking up in his life. So imagine a 20, like, Peter Parker is 20-something in the comics now. So imagine doing the same bullshit 20 years later. If he keeps on the same pattern he, he's on, that's eventually what he will become. Yeah, and that was also funny as hell. Like, right. When you think about it, that's what Spider-Man comics are. Right. He's constantly getting fucked over. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the essence of who Spider-Man is. He just can't ever catch a break. Exactly. And just think about it. If that guy was real, well, then that's how he's going to turn out. That's exactly just how he's going to Just a loser. <laughs> just, you know, breaking up with his old lady. He's fat. He can't, <laughs> you know? can't keep a job. He's broke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even though he has all these superpowers, he's still he's just still a fuck up. Yeah, and, that's, and that's the thing about it. Like, okay, so Peter Parker is a fuck up, but let's go on the Spider Man side of it. 
on the Spider-Man side, he's bored. Mm-hmm. The whole movie, like every time they get ready to do some Spider-Man shit, he already knows about five or six steps ahead what's about to happen. He's like, okay, Miles, watch. This is about to happen. This is about to happen. This is about to happen. He's bored doing this shit. He's so good at it, he doesn't care. And that was almost kind of depressing, to be honest with you. His regular yeah. life is fuck up, and he's not even having fun as Spider-Man anymore. It's just... <laughs> It's just shit he just do. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's fucked up. And that's what, and I'm really going to spoil it also because I don't know if a lot of people caught on to this. Remember how they kept saying that uh, Peter Parker was like, don't worry, I'm going to be the one that's staying, behi- uh, staying behind. Y'all guys go. Honestly, yeah. Eli, I think they would, the movie was trying to imply or even might have beat you over the head that at this point, Peter was kind of suicidal. Yeah, he was depressed. He's definitely depressed. And, he was definitely depressed. Didn't um, care. He didn't want to go back home. That's 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 for sure. Yeah, and it was Miles who inspired him, and yeah. and vice versa. You know, that's what was cool about it. You know, right? Because that's the thing about it. He was like, yeah, you got you. Life is beating you down, but Spider Man gets back up. Peter had been beaten down so much, he didn't want to get back up. He was like, mm-hmm. no, get your shit together, get your life back together, and go get your woman back. Because honestly, that scene. When he was uh, talking to young Mary Jane, it was funny and sad at the same time. Yeah, when he's like, "You're bread, I got you." <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like, you know. Yeah. Because he was looking I, at the regret on his life of what he would have done if he had a chance to get back, and I'm like, "Damn, that's fucked up," you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, and that's the thing about the movie that it had so much going on with, like, it had comedy, but it had heart and it had emotion. And I'm not gonna get into any more spoilers, but. Eli, tell me this: Did any little kids cry at your theater? Uh, I actually was quite moved. I I didn't cry, but I got you know I got a little. It's okay, Eli. Well, I got a little in a lump space. in my throat at You're some in a point. Safe space, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little lump in my throat and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh man, I'll be honest. Yeah, when it was a certain scene that I won't go into depth, but honestly, if you read the comic book, you know what's going to happen. Uh, kids like a lot of kids were crying. You could barely hear the plot because it was so many kids crying in my theater when that when that part happened. I'm like, that's <laughs> fucked up. Like, but I, I held it together because my date looked at me. I was like, okay, y'all better not fucking cry, <laughs> pussy. <laughs> so no, I held it together. But yeah, it was so many kids crying at that scene. That's and that's another thing about this movie that. It was it was actually faithful to like the Ultimate Spider-Man, like the Bendis run of the comics. Because I I'm I haven't read the whole thing, but I'm familiar enough with it that I yeah. knew what beats it was going to take, and it was like it did this, it did that, and it, so I knew what was going to happen. Where everybody yeah. else was kind of shocked what was about to happen. I was like, okay, but even though I knew what was going to happen, it was still shocking to see it play out. Well, so, when there was a certain character or cameo that popped up that i was like oh, oh shit. man oh man yeah oh, oh, oh come on <laughs> too fucking soon man oh yeah too soon on that one <laughs> 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 i was like wow they're really yeah. trying to get us with this movie so it, yeah. but, and that's and that, so let me ask you this eli like i said we've seen all these movies marvel's made like 50 million movies right what scene in any of those movies has anybody been uh wanting to cry at out of any, out of the MCU, out of any of these movies. Um, well, I I admitted that I got I kind of choked up during Thor Ragnarok when the Hulk was 
flipping was punching himself and shit. Just that's just personal. Okay, shit. That, that, that was emotional. Okay, I give you that. That was emotional. No, that I mean that's a funny ass movie, but that I just thought they nailed the Hulk so well in that movie and the old those old school comics that it just brought me back to uh, as I was a kid again. It was like, oh, like look at that. This is the Hulk. Working so well on screen. Here's, here's just, my thing about that scene. That scene was touching. That scene was heartbreaking. I felt like that movie got away from that scene just quick enough so it wouldn't hit you hard enough. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, yeah. no, we're a funny comedy. We can't hit you too hard. But that was an emotional scene. I give you that. And yeah. Other than that, I, I'm trying to think. Um, I, can only, I can only think of one. Okay. Peter Parker dying. Yeah. I heard about that. So I... I Felt nothing. <laughs> I didn't know that shit fucked me up, man. <laughs> somebody yeah, reminded you of that, Eli. You need to punch them in the face. Whoever did that. Yeah, that, well, that, yeah. I remember I didn't see it till Monday. Y'all were talking shit all weekend. But so, don't, don't say I did it. Now you got to punch me in the face. <laughs> so I kind of figured, like, well, like I was saying, when I saw Black Panther die in Infinity War, I was like, shit, okay. And then once everyone else started dying, I'm like, yeah, this ain't gonna stay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so then when Peter Parker's died, I'm like, oh shit, he's dying too. I'm like, oh, well, he's got a movie coming out next year. Right. You so know, I just... know it's not going to stick. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I, I was a, there was a bit of a detachment, emotional detachment from that. So, yeah. Parker, um, like we, we know he's coming back. I'm just saying, as far as the performance, that performance got me. I'm trying to think, like, in Winter Soldier, that wasn't so much. Like I, I didn't find it sad, other than the fact that it just made me fall in love with Cap. Was the scene when he goes and visits Peggy in the hospital? Peggy in the hospital. That's another and she scene. and yep. she fucking. You find out she has Alzheimer's, and she like, hey, Pete or Steve, it's you. Like she, like she came out of the loop or whatever. Right. And you're alive. And he and and he's like, yes, I'm here. And just thinking, he's been doing this all the whole time. Like. I'm here. I couldn't miss my like. He keeps doing it, reliving the memory with her over and over. And I'm like, God damn, this guy is just just a righteous motherfucker. I want to fuck him. You know, <laughs> this, this this fucking cap. He's just a fucking righteous dude, just standing by his girl even through all this shit. And I'm like, man, this guy's he's the man. <laughs> and it made that, me cry. That might, be, that might be the most emotional scene. To you. That might yeah. be the winner right there. Yeah, I mean, it made me sad. I was just like, wow. This dude, <laughs> yeah, my heart popping all around my head and shit popping. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, that's my thing. It, uh, but like I said, we had to think about it in twenty movies about which scene was what, and there was some. But honestly, it was about two or three scenes in in Spider Man and Spider Verse that got me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, but at the same time, the movie was still funny. You know, Steve Hawley's Easter eggs brought us a new and another thing that got me with Miles Morales the first time when he finally learned how to swing. Yes, I got chills. Whip and release. Yeah, <laughs> and then the, you saw the text that was so fucking like, cool. Whip, the comic yeah. text. Whip, whip and release. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, you know. And, and I mean, the time when he was like, when he was sure of himself and he knew who he was and he had put on that suit for the first time. And he went and the, the Post Malone, whatever the fuck was playing in the background and shit, where he was hopping over cars with the Nike Jordans on. 
that shit gave me chills. And I was like, this is the first time I got chills from a Spider-Man movie since the first Spider-Man movie. Like when he first started swinging through the mall with Danny Elfman was playing shit like that because I felt none of that in Homecoming. Yeah, now, I'm not saying Homecoming was a bad movie, but I felt nothing. I took yeah. nothing away from that movie. Yeah, I mean, like I, I said, by the first time watching Homecoming, I felt like it was part Iron Man movie. Right. You know? And it wasn't until I saw it again where I really got into it. I really liked the movie. But, I, yeah, I didn't really feel any I, – I, there was no sadness or anything that I – Right. I just had a lot of fun with it other than that. You know? It was a fun movie, entertaining, easy breezy, but it didn't stick with me. It didn't make me think yeah. about it afterward. But I felt like with Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, it did. It made, it made me stick. I haven't felt this way about Spider-Man since the, the first Raimi movies. Yeah. You know, that I, I, I put it on that level, you know, and I felt like it was Miles Morales as a character on his own when he was, you know, with Brooklyn and the fact that he's a graffiti artist and that plays a part into his actual costume. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that plays yeah. a part. Yeah. That scene where he is staring at Spider-Man's costume. And he's looking up at it, and then you see his reflection in the in the mask, and yeah. that was really good. I mean, that like that gave me goosebumps. Like, wow, that's essentially us right. looking up as to our hero. You know what I mean? There was so much cool, you know, level different levels of uh, layers of 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 artistry going on here, themes right. and ideas of what the, this movie was going through. Uh, you know, it was just so effective on so many levels. Right. Like I said, I, I know a thing or two about storytelling and writing. Whoever wrote this shit was like on, this is some master level shit, what they were doing. Yeah. But I'm uh, saying, if, if, yeah. yeah, if those, if those print dots were intentional, that's fucking brilliant. Right. That's, that's <laughs> genius. Exactly. Yeah. Because you the know? thing is like, it was in my mind, this was truly a Miles Morales story. But at the same time, they did flesh out all the other million Spider-Man that were in there. You yeah. know, Spider-Pig had his own whole thing. Spider-Man Noir might have been my second favorite out of out, like out of all of them. You know, uh, even the the Spider-Anime Girl had a had a scene. Yeah. You know that it got me. Spider-Gwen. You know she showed up and was doing her thing in there. So you had all these characters that were fleshed out, and but at same same time, it was still a Miles Morales movie. I was like, whoever did this, man, hey. That's off. I want another one of these. I don't yeah. give a fuck they make another homecoming, but I want another one of these. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm just give my screw on this. I'm, I'm gonna give it a five out of five. I mean, because honestly, watching this movie, I started thinking about like, okay, why would I not give it a five out of five? What is knocking this movie for me? And honestly, I'm sitting thinking, I like, I can't think of anything. I mean, maybe I can nitpick, maybe some little bitty stuff if I really thought about it, but. Ah, it's five out of five. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah, same here. I yeah. mean, I, I think it's one of the best comic book movies ever made. Yeah, and as far as like <laughs> animated movies, I mean, if you think if you if somebody says there's a better animated movie this decade, please point me to it. <laughs> and that's the thing is like some of those the jerky movements worked because you know you talk those Pixar movies, right? They're so smooth. Like I watch the Clone Wars all the time. And as cool as it's seen those lightsaber duels, you can totally tell it's it's CGI shit because they just move too smooth. They're, right, they're just too graceful. Second, yeah, yeah. There's just they're just too smooth and graceful, and the choppy movements in this movie work so well. You know. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe because honestly I didn't notice it anymore after the five minutes. It just felt smooth, like I was immersed into it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. The only time I felt like I was watching a cartoon was when Spider Pig showed up. 
and that and I, and I think that was intentional because he is a cartoon. Exactly, yeah. right. <laughs> he even makes fun of it. You know. Yeah. Oh, you don't like cartoons? You know, he hit the guy with an anvil. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. And even when he flies back into his his own planet, he like, oh, that's all, folks. And he like, yeah. can I say that legally? <laughs> yeah. As he flies away, I'm like, okay, that's funny as fuck, man. I'm sorry. Uh, John Mulaney plays Spider Pig, of course. You know. So, uh, damn. Now we got to move on to something else, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We we could have we could have this could have been a whole Spider Man episode. It could have been a whole Spider Man episode. The reason it <laughs> we got a ton of books to go through. Right. The reason I didn't because I didn't plan for it. I was yeah. like, this was an afterthought movie to me. I wasn't expecting to see one of the best movies this year. Oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, I was expecting to talk about this next op- uh, topic we were going to talk about, and that's Crisis on whatever the fuck. <laughs> Else, worlds. else, yeah. I'm glad yeah. I wrote that shit down because I would have forgot what this fucking thing was. <laughs> I was hyped about this. I was gonna make this the whole show. Now I don't care. <laughs> I I even watched it because of it. Exactly. <laughs> I, like I got. I finally dragged Eli kicking the screen. Yeah, I, and I haven't watched shows. any of these shows in like a year. <laughs> I never get a chance to walk talk about CW. You go take a cigarette smoke break every time <laughs> I even mention Flash or Arrow. Now we got a chance to talk about it. Now I don't even give a fuck about talking about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck Spider Man. <laughs> Fuck Miles Morales. All right, let it. Okay, let's talk about it. Uh, Eli, we, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go this time. I'm not gonna put the yeah, pressure you on go. you. I'm gonna go this time. Okay. <laughs> Let me give some. I'm glad I took some notes on this. Okay. Uh, so like I said, I it was it was awesome. I do feel like this. I, as much as I like this crossover, I do feel like last year's crossover was better. I feel okay. like last year's crossover was bigger, epic. I feel like the stakes were bigger. And even though this one was awesome, I do feel like it's a setup for next year. I feel like oh, it's yeah? a prequel for what they're really trying to do. Are they uh, going to try and bring Darkseid? Not Darkseid. Not Darkseid. Uh, actually, somebody bigger than Darkseid. Okay. I was wondering who the fuck they were talking about. Yeah, they were talking about the Anti-Monitor. Oh, shit. I okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is just some deep cut... Inside yeah. baseball DC shit, and that's what I actually liked about the Elseworlds story because they went into some deep DC shit. You know, like Spider Spider Man was like throwing spider shit at you, whether you catch it or not. This yeah. was this was probably even more. Like every time okay. you turn around, they were throwing some bullshit at you. Okay. Yes. Like for instance, like uh, okay, the guy with the gold gold mask. Yeah, I I yeah, you know who I thought that was. Ooh. Well, because it was Arkham and it was, you know, Gotham City. I thought it was, a, they were referencing the Court of Owls. So I got all excited. It wasn't. But I guess it wasn't, no. It wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, that is actually Psycho Pirate. Yeah, and now I'm like way less excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got excited for him. The reason I got excited for him because I realized when Psycho Pirate showed up. Because Psycho Pirate only had one good arc and that was in Crisis on Infinite Earth. Uh, when Anti-Monitor was there, he was like Anti-Monitor's uh, right-hand man. So I'm like, okay, if he's here, then obviously he's going to be the Anti-Monitor's, you know, big threat and stuff like that. And uh, that's what I was wondering. I remember th- watching it and I'm thinking, are they making, is this a, is this basically Crisis on Infinite Earth that they're doing? It, it basically know? was. Yeah. Because at the, okay, here's the thing. And people are excited about Crisis on Infinite Earth, but they don't really know the story. Because at the end of that story... Both Supergirl and Flash die. Yeah, and that's what they were saying. I was like, well, you guys could die because of this. And I'm like, oh, shit. Are they? Like, no way. They're not going to do that, are they? (laughs) Well, okay. Here's the thing. Okay. So, like I said, Flash and Supergirl were 
looked like they were going to die at the end of this arc. But then Ali did something where he saved them. So I guess they yeah. weren't going to die. But here's the thing. Remember in the very first pilot episode of Flash? Okay, yeah. So Back in we talked about that before. Remember they said Flash dies in a crisis. They say it in the pilot episode. Okay. And the the arc, and it, that's actually what I kind of liked about this whole crossover, is that all of the storylines that are going on right now in the season, they're on hold. And they don't even mention them. They're like, look, don't worry about the crazy shit going on right now. Uh, all these new characters popping up, don't worry about them. We, we're just doing a regular ass Flash and whatever story. Because right now his daughter is in the, is in the uh, show. And his yeah. daughter is telling him that, no, you died. I grew up without a father. And that's just, she's trying to do what she can to change it, you know. So, yeah, if they go by the storyline, even go by the pilot, Flash dies. And, of course, Supergirl dies also because the anti-monitor kills her. You know, so I doubt that that would be a fucked up way to cancel Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> no season five for you, Antimothin, and just blast the shit out of it. So, yeah, that would be fucked up. Um, So many other Easter eggs in there. Okay, Diggle. You know who Diggle is, right? Yeah. Okay, did you catch it when the Barry Allen from Earth 90 showed up, looks at Diggle, recognizes Diggle, and asks him where's his ring? Oh shit! Yeah, I do remember that. I I told I, that now that you're pointing that out to me. Yeah, so I, I didn't catch it at first either. Somebody at my job pointed that out to me. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! I didn't think about that. So yeah, he was trying to say he's a Green Lantern. Yeah, which has always been a fan theory for like years already. They're saying like John Diggle, real name is like John Diggle Stewart, you know, but he changed his name. But that's not true because his brother was on the show also named Diggle and all this stuff. So. But obviously he may be, but obviously I guess on the planet where he comes from, Diggle looks like the Green Lantern John Stewart from his planet. So it's no big deal, you know. So who knows, maybe in the next Crisis and Infinite Earth storyline we get, he will become Green Lantern. That'd be cool. That would be cool. They got to do something to get people to watch. So I'm trying to see what other notes I got, because I actually took like a bunch of notes, but I'm, my, my brain is so jumbled from what I just saw. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Like I said, they took out some other stuff. Oh, let's talk about Arkham Asylum. Yeah. So they had this big-ass fight in Arkham Asylum. It was so many Easter eggs just flying all over the place. Uh, Eli, let me ask you this. Was that Nora Freeze? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that? Yeah, I was wondering who that was. Yeah, I want because I, I actually went back. They never named her, but I went back and, and like, put the caption on the dialogue. See the stuff she was saying. She was saying, like, when Deegan turned off the, you know, the... The locks on Arkham Asylum, her pod opened up. There she said. And she's saying, he says, I need to get a cold below zero. That's what she kept saying. Yeah. And then the and then she was like, Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And eventually she found Mr. Freeze gun. Yeah. So it, it had to be Nora Freeze. Well, I was looking because if you saw some of the names on the doors, mm -hmm. you know, you saw like Cobblepot, you saw uh was it P Isley? Poison Ivy. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there were the, I was looking for that shit, and I remember seeing Freeze. No, no, the oh. only time you saw Freeze was on the gun when she when she cracked open the box with the gun. Yeah, the gun. I saw the I saw the name Freeze. Yeah. So, oh, and uh, B. Carlo, that was Clayface. Okay, yeah, and then Crane, the the the, the toxin when the fear toxin. Yeah, when I they saw fighting each other. Jay Crane or whatever. I was yeah, like, oh shit, it's Scarecrow. Scarecrow when they fought each other. 
Yeah. Guggenheim, people, some people have been asking me who is Guggenheim. They saw Guggenheim on it. Guggenheim is the showrunner. Okay. So that was just a, a nod to him that, yeah, he's insane. He's in, in the same asylum. So, uh, <laughs> trying to think who else. Oh, Enigma. Enigma was there also. Oh, really? I, I don't remember seeing Enigma. Yeah, Enigma was there too. Okay. So, like I said, I'll name on there. Uh, all right, now let me ask you this. What you think about Batwoman? I thought she was fine. I wish there was more to her. You know, they kind of hyped up this whole thing, and yeah, she, she was, was only like really in one episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she didn't even show up again. She showed up, like, the very end and had a phone call, but that's really about it, you know. Yeah. Flirted with Supergirl. Uh, Supergirl flirted back? <laughs> and actually used her X-ray vision to see her naked? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Supergirl's looking at Batwoman like that's her one free hall pass. Like, <laughs> if I were to go that way, that's the way I'd go. Kind of like Superman and Batman. It's like Berlanti. It's fucking Berlanti, man. He's going to throw Respect. it in there. He's got, <laughs> yeah. People never get on Berlanti, though. They get yeah. on everybody else, but they never. But he's scot-free. Yeah. How, how does that work? He's like, fuck it. It's like, everybody's gay on my show. Like, everybody is gay. <laughs> like, dudes are just tongue-kissing each other down. Like, I got no problem with it. I, do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Yeah. I, it, it's just funny that he never gets any backlash on it. <laughs> And I think he even does it on purpose. Like, well, nobody's saying anything. I'm just really going to go with it. <laughs> so you fuck it. I'm just going to be every, – everybody's gay. The whole universe right. is gay. Right. <laughs> everybody's gay, gay, gay. And so, yeah, that's awesome. So Superman shows up again. I don't like his costume. I realize what I don't like about this Superman. I don't like his hair. Okay. That's all. I don't like his hair. I don't like his teeth. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody put up a picture of uh the bad guy from Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> it sort of looked like just like Superman. <laughs> and now let me address something else because John Campion has got these fanboys in a in a in a, the titties in a twist now. Now he's going on this week long rant calling Superman a jobber, saying a CW what? shits on Superman the whole time, and that's it. I, me personally, disagree. I do not think Superman was a jobber. This this. Uh, this crossover has he been a jobber in this in these shows before? Absolutely, but not in this crossover. They couldn't have beat any of these people without Superman being there. The plot of the last episode was to go get Superman, because otherwise they would have got their ass whooped by Superman. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm trying to think like where where did they jump to this leap of logic? How he's a jobber? I don't get that. He didn't, he didn't put Supergirl over. All he did is compliment his cousin. Yes, he left to go take care of his family and take care of little stuff like that and leave the plan in, in, in the hands of Supergirl. But that doesn't make him a jobber just because he, you know, gave his cousin credit. Like, hey, you're awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. So, plus, Supergirl is stronger than him. That's the whole reason she died in Infinite Crisis. Because Superman fought the Antimonitor first. He beat the shit out of Superman. Supergirl went for him. Guy actually got some good shots in on him. Still got her ass killed, but still. So that's the thing. But no, he's not a jobber. So stop quoting everything John Campy is saying word for word like it's the gospel. Stop being a cult. Damn. Hate nerds. Oh, what else I was talking about? Crisis. Elseworlds. What the fuck name is this show? Oh, it was pretty fun. They had bears playing around with Flash powers and Flash playing around with bears powers. Batman exists. So that's cool. Matter of fact, Batman exists in two realities. 
they they mentioned. Because the whole time Supergirl knew who Batman was because she knew on her planet that Batman was Bruce Wayne. She just never admitted it admitted it to uh to Flash and Arrow. You know, but she knew the whole time, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um overall, pretty cool. I, all I know is that for Crisis on Infinite Earths, they need to go balls to the wall all out. Batman needs to be there. Stop bullshitting. Put yeah, Batman no in it. Yeah, I mean, Superman's there. Superman's and there. Shit. Why not Batman? And it was cool. I mean, that Superman fights were cool and shit. Yeah, just throw yeah. everybody in it. Just put them in there. You know, cast Wonder Woman. I don't give a fuck. Put, put them all in there. <laughs> CW Wonder Woman. Shit, why not? So, yeah, they can they can do that. Uh, I'll be honest with you, like I said, I know you said that you wanted more of Batwoman. If they give a Bat, if they give me a Batwoman TV show, I'm on board. I'm fine with yeah. Ruby Rose as Batwoman and everything they did. They already set up the Rogues Gallery with Arkham all over the place, stuff like that. So, yeah, give me give me more Batwoman. Uh, give me more Gotham. I like how they had Gotham so fucked up on the show. They they had Gotham worse on this show than they did on Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> because it was one scene they just walked, walked into Gotham and then they saw this armored truck and there was two rich people walking out with bags going shopping but they had an armored guard next to them just in case they get shot I'm like okay Arkham City wasn't even as fucked up in the video game <laughs> it's like nobody comes to Gotham so yeah it, it was it was some fun stuff I'm trying to think what other easter eggs did I see uh mainly just the Arkham Asylum shit uh the Book of Destiny, I actually seen, I think the Book of Destiny was in one of those crises. This is, I can't remember which one, but anyway. Yeah, that's all. I give it a, I got a 4.5 out of 5. Pretty awesome. I almost gave it lower just because we just talked about Spider-Man. I forgot everything that happened on it, but I'm going to still give it a 4.5 out of 5 because it was still awesome for what I remember. So. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I haven't watched any of those shows in about a year, and I was able to just jump right back in without having to know anything that that i missed so right and on top of that they made sure to keep it simple because like i said the legends were not there because the legends are fucking confusing they completely <laughs> left them out uh and yeah they kept it simple so man that's two big topics shit let's just move on next you move to the video game section sure oh cool. all right so the video game section uh only thing i'm going to talk about real quick is soldier boy soldier boy tell him i feel like some- yeah, actually, there's two things we're going to talk about there. We're going to talk about Soulja Boy telling first. So, last week, I may or may not have talked about it. I don't know. I didn't listen to last week's episode. Hopefully, you did. Uh, that Soulja Boy came out with a new console. Why? I don't know. But there's some things about his console. His console is full, uh, is full of illegal emulated ROMs, which, as you know, are illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's been selling them just openly for nobody. And, of course... Uh, he didn't get hit with a lawsuit. I think he got actually hit with charges. Apparently, what he's doing, selling illegal ROMs to other people, it's like a, a really big crime. Like a federal crime. So, okay. I think Nintendo is trying to send him to jail. Because he has oh. some Nintendo ROMs on there. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're saying he might get 10 years. But here's the thing. Sojibu actually has two consoles out with illegal emulated ROMs on there. So, he might get 10 years... Per console. So, okay. who does dumb shit like this? You don't have to be a lawyer to understand that don't sell emulated ROMs. Don't. That's like me uploading Joe Rogan's podcast on this podcast and giving it to the people. Or selling 
those illegal fire sticks, right? <laughs> or that, yeah. <laughs> but at least if I did sell illegal fire sticks, at least and putting your name on it, like, and putting your name on it. But okay, Leroy and Eli's illegal <laughs> fire sticks. <laughs> Get them while they're hot. We cut a commercial. We got yeah. a Facebook put page. Our, put our face on them and shit. Right. We trademark it. You know. <laughs> yeah. So that would be fucking stupid of us to do something like that. So yeah, yeah. that's I don't. I don't want to see Soldier Boy go to jail. I kind of like that he was branching out, trying to be an entrepreneur. But don't be this fucking stupid. Just don't. <laughs> if you're even gonna do some shit like that, don't advertise it. Don't even put your name on it. Tell it through somebody else. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, one more thing we could talk about video game related that I almost actually forgot about it because it was so horrific. I almost blocked it out of my memory. Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> People have been bitching about this. I'm like, uh... It's it's horrifying how bad this movie is. Have you seen the poster? I saw the poster. Okay. They showed a poster, <laughs> a video, and it looks fucking weird, man. It it haunts me looking at this shit. <laughs> like, what what the fuck is this? You know, they showed, I think, the San Francisco Bridge. It's got, like, rings around it, you know, because Sonic is always running fast and shit like that. Uh, they cast some... Uh, they had some casting choices in there. Oh... Uh, Jim Carrey is Dr. Robotnik. Okay. Yeah. That, I, that actually, sense. I think that might be... That's actually a pretty smart choice. Yeah, I was like that. I got no problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> Put some makeup on it. He actually might make the movie. Make the movie actually salvageable. And I saw a poster with Chris. Which which one of the Chris's? The, the Marvel Chris's? The Guardians Chris. Whatever his name is. I forget Chris Pratt? That guy. Yeah. So I saw a picture with him... In the poster, teaming up with the hedgehog because the raccoon money dried up because Marvel's <laughs> doing all that other bullshit. So I don't even know if that's true. I don't know if he's in the movie or not, but I just know I saw a post with him. There's a lot of fake tra- uh, not a lot of fake posters going around. Also, each more horrific than the last one. So I don't know what to believe now. Uh, but yes, it, here's the thing, Eli. Sonic has been around for say 30 years. I, I I've lost track of 30 years. He deserves a shitty movie, don't he? Sure. Yeah, give him a shitty movie. At the same time, people always bitch stuff like that. Remember, this movie is for kids. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. They're not making a gritty reboot of it. You know, it won't be Batman v Superman level. Let them have a shitty movie. Video game movies are just going to be shit for a while. That's just what they're going to be. And if they're not going to be shit, Sonic the Hedgehog is not going to turn it around. Sonic the Hedgehog never had a compelling plot or mythos or pathos or some shit like that. Like, let's look at the soul of Sonic. No. Fucking hedgehog ran around collecting rings. That's the story. Yeah, I I didn't understand the backlash. Like, okay, so he looks You're like raping shit. my yeah. childhood. Like, yeah, I mean, I I saw it and I didn't mind. I'm, but then again, I don't really give a fuck about Sonic. I haven't gave a fuck about Sonic in twenty years. Right. <laughs> so, so why are these thirty or forty year old yeah. fuckers getting upset? This is a travesty. This looks like shit. I'm not seeing this. It's like, well, I wasn't going to see it either because, like, I'm not fucking five years old. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, they really get triggered over this shit. Yeah. Like, holy shit, are you that bored? <laughs> or, or on the toilet that you just feel the need to register your disgust over Sonic the Hedgehog throughout the world? I mean, let's <laughs> be honest. What did you expect the Sonic the Hedgehog movie to look like? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... It, it, honestly, everything other than like the creepy furry porno look he's got to him, it's pretty much what I expected a, a Sonic movie to look like. So, I don't know. 
That's it. Another shitty Sonic movie, a video game movie coming up. He can be right there with the Mario movie. It can't be worse than the Mario movie. Yeah, that was pretty shitty. The director <laughs> even said he never played the game. <laughs> that, that's that's some bad shit. Right. That, that was a bad, bad, bad movie, man. And it they even made toys for that shit. It really which was. I was like, why? Why the fuck are you making toys for this piece of shit? And who the fuck is buying this shit? Somebody who the fuck bought, bought. Who the fuck bought Mario Brother movie toys? <laughs> Slowly, I bet raise, you they're worth a lot now. Some slowly raise his hand. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I, I think I might have. I don't know. I, I think I wanted it, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> I, I bet was, you they're I worth was, a like, lot too. Super deep into yeah. Mario, so you slap Mario anything, I was getting it. I mean, yeah, I played the games and shit, but that movie was a pile of shit. And I was high, too. But at the same time, I was so obsessed with Mario that I didn't want to believe it was shit. (laughs) So, yeah, we can get past that. Can we actually move to the comic book section now? Yeah, we better. We got a haul. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. let's let's get through this. Can we talk about some other bullshit? Uh, So, like I said, those who've been listening this long, this is uh, the bread and butter of the podcast. We'll crank out comics left and right. We're going to talk about this week's comics. We're going to get through as much as we can. Uh, Eli, should I go first? You might as well. How, 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 you, yeah, let me go. I first. got about five. I think you got about five. I think, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you go first. How about that? <laughs> um, which one do you want to do? Well, I'll do. I'll get through this. Since we got all this Batman shit, I'll start with Batman. So much Batman. Batman. Just, you know, it's the Batman. Uh, for those who haven't listened to podcasts that much, I don't, I'm not the Batman reviewer. It's not that I hate Batman. I just don't care for him that much. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any sense. You're the Superman guy. I'm the Superman guy. That's Superman's my guy. So yeah. Okay, so um, I, I guess I'll go with uh, I got the Batman Detective Comics and the Batman Annual. Um, Batman Detective Comics 994 Countdown to 1000. Now we'll read that when it comes out. So. Yeah, Peter Tomasi on this book now. Um, this was really fucking cool. It sets up this really weird fucking mystery where uh, Gordon and Batman are investigating some sort of recreation of Batman's parents' murder. So they find a couple of bodies that look just like Tom and Martha Wayne. Um, Basically recreating the same uh, uh, exit wounds and all that shit. Um, While that's going on, we have let Leslie Tompkins, um, Batman's sort of surrogate mother, known known her. She 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 was uh, friends with her dad, his dad, and all that shit. Kind of, yeah, you know. She's been around for decades. Yeah. Yeah. She 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 has a soft spot for Batman. She knows Bruce Wayne. She knows he's Batman. All that shit. Anyway, she's getting attacked by this big giant monster um, with like four arms. You know, he's kind of glowing lava red. Kind of looks like Goro from Mortal Kombat and shit. And he's she he's uh Jason, Jason Leslie. Um, Batman comes to save her. Um, uh, the monster grabs Leslie and breathes this weird mist into her face. Batman and then throws her off the roof. Batman uses his grappling hook to save her. Um, and then he's like, "Are you okay?" And then she turns around. She's like, "I don't think I feel so." Ha 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 ha. Oh shit! And she's all fucking wicked Joker face, and that's where the book ends. So, 
pretty cool story. I give it a four out of five. Um, it's a really weird mystery going on um, and involving, yeah, Batman's uh, origin story. So, you know. And then with that, I will go on to the Batman annual. Okay. Um, and this was really cool, too. I really dug this. You know, this is an annual. It's uh, what an annual, I feel an annual should be. Just a cool story um, about the characters, about the world that doesn't, you know, that doesn't have to relate to the current continuity. And this, yeah. yeah, it's a one shot. And this is, uh, it's, it just centers on Alfred. And all the things that Alfred does, his dedication to Batman, it highlights their relationship and, um, you know, the history together, um, what he does for Batman, how he worries about him while he's out doing his shit. Um, and yeah, it's a very poignant, moving story, uh, just just showcasing their, their relationship, their dynamic. Um, at the end, um, uh, Batman is bringing, you know, Alfred breakfasting bed and he's like you need a day off man he's like I'm not going out tonight because I know you worry about me you can't relax when I'm out doing my Batman shit he goes is this sort of some special day he says of course it is and it shows the last panel it shows Alfred eating his breakfast and a picture of uh, Alfred and young Bruce on his table and the title of the story it's called Father's Day aww (laughs) So yeah, that was a good one too. Four out of five. So my two bat will you know get these two Batman books out of the way for these other two Batman books. Uh, I guess I'll <laughs> knock out the next Batman book. <laughs> I'll help you because I read them too. You're gonna have to help me on this one. This is <laughs> which one are we doing? Let's do let's do the rough one first. Let's do Batman Damned. Okay. <laughs> oh man, so much Batman shit. Let's get through this shit. <laughs> we, okay, so Batman Damned number two. Uh, the Bat Dick returns. Not this time. No, no, no the Batman didn't return. The Bat Dick God did not it. return this time. Bat Dick ever? Nope. And it fucked up something else. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that. I got, I got, a, I got, I got a grind, a gear to grind. I was say, please don't say bone to pick. We, no more <laughs> dick jokes. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and start this thing off. Okay, so like I said, uh, Constantine and Batman are talking and talk about what they just found out. They found that that uh uh church has been desecrated with joker material so obviously the joker must still be alive um they try to find a lead and constantine leads him to there's only one lead that might know and he goes to this underground club and on stage he sees this uh rapper on stage and turns out the rapper is the demon etrican for some fucking reason he's a rapper now which you kind of saw it coming (laughs) you know well you know what i thought about this when when this scene came up in this scene this part of the book came on it reminded me of when the in the kill the original Killing Joke when the Joker sings that song, right? Um, so loony, yeah, yeah. That's I was like, are, is it, are they just purposely writing in a musical number for this series? Maybe I, I didn't even think about it that way because they are yeah. making parallels between this and the Killing Joke. You're right about that. Yeah. They make some more parallels also. So, yeah, the demon Etrigan is on stage, uh, bars, spitting bars, I guess. Yeah. He sees Batman on stage. He flips off the stage, sees Batman in a crowd, and starts rap battling him <laughs> for no fucking reason. Batman grabs him, asks him, stop fucking rapping, suck. <laughs> I don't want to buy your mixtape. Where's the fucking Joker? Uh, he just tells him you don't know where the Joker is. Uh, but then instead of that, he, th- he makes everybody in the club pull a gun on Batman at the same time. Batman like, well, you're too close to me, so if they shoot me, they're going to shoot you. 
And then while he's doing that, he still spitting more bars to start rapping at him. He's like, no. And then uh, they all pull the gun on each other. You know, but apparently Dead Man is there and possesses one of the bodies. And he turns around and pulls a gun on Demon Etrican. Uh, but apparently some other weird shit happens outside. So they run outside and they see the bat signal. But the bat signal has a Joker smile on it. So obviously know some other big shit is going on right. So they, they know where the Joker is right now, basically. But before they can get to the Joker, uh, buildings are on fire all over the city. There's one building where they see some uh, helpless people upstairs. Batman and and Constantine go up to try to help. No, not Batman and Dead Man try to go up to help people. But the thing is, Dead Man starts to get set on fire in the body he's in, so his body dies, so he can't go help him. Batman goes up and sees only one person up there who kind of like a homeless version of the Spectre. And the Spectre, the, you know the Spectre. Spirit of Vengeance, Voice of God. I didn't know that's who it was, though. It, it may or may not be. I'm just looking at it. I'm just thinking it was. might have been. And I'm completely missing. We talked about Enchantress. Enchantress saw him in the alley and made him cry, but fuck all that shit. Okay, so he saw uh, Spectre, and Spectre says, I know your secret. I know your secret. And Batman's like, tell me. So they fight in the middle of a fire or some shit. Batman gets his ass whooped. Before he dies, the demon Etrigan sees some more bars, hand him his mixtape, drags him outside because I spit hot fire. That's what set the building on fire. Probably didn't, but that's what happens. So they recover. Batman sees the Joker on the uh, Gotham roof by the bat signal with the smile on it. A bunch of goons come up. Batman jumps up, beats shit out the goons, puts his hands on who he thinks is the Joker, but it's not the Joker. It's actually Eli. Give it to me. Who is it? Oh, yes. You're very rev your Harley. Harley, Harley Quinn. <laughs> Not, like, the fantabulous like, epidemic, <laughs> yeah, whatever. So we see Harley, like, like just like it, like, it, like you're not gonna know because of the cover, you know? <laughs> right, you're not gonna know. But Harley Quinn is there. She's pissed because she blames uh, Batman for killing Joker. So she's trying to beat the shot of Joker. They fight, whatever. Batman is beating the shit out of her. I'm like, yeah. what, the, what the fuck? <laughs> Beats the shit out of her. Like, okay. <laughs> Does he kill her? He doesn't kill her, but I'm like, he's like, like really. I don't know, man. Okay. Before we get there, before we get there, before we get there, <laughs> before we get there. Okay. So he's beating the shit, like putting hands on Harley, just beating the shit out of her, punching in the face and shit like that. Harley's done. She says she don't live anymore because Joker's not here anymore. But before she pretends like she's about to, you know, surrender and, and, you know, give up, she stabs uh, Batman in the neck with, you know, syringe. He's paralyzed and she tries to rape him. Yeah. But that's when Batman starts choking the shit out of her and maybe killed her, maybe didn't. Yeah, you see that little, that ghost in the water or the reflection of the water and shit. Right, not even that, but the scene before then, uh, you know, like the water drops on the ground, that's the exact same scene from the last scene of The Killing Joke. Yeah. So like I said, the, the, the book is making parallels. So. Yeah. It's still a weird fucking story. Yeah, the story is weird and kind of goofy at times, yeah. but the art is fucking amazing. The art is amazing. I'm like, wow, that is it's worth the buying for that alone, even though the story yeah. is so weird. I will say this: this story, this this issue is less convoluted than the last issue. Or yeah. maybe just because the first issue was so weird, it kind of let me know what tone we're going. So I was. I was in the mind for, okay, this is the type of story we're on. So I was able to follow this one a little bit better than I was the first issue. 
Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of weird shit, you know, like the shit with the Enchantress and Dead Man and all that crap. I like, I'm like, whatever the fuck. I mean, the most interesting thing I thought about this book was the shit with the with his parents, you know. Yeah. And, and Eli, the more stuff they're saying about his parents, the more I think my original theory might come true. <laughs> it, it's starting to make sense now. It, yeah, it totally does. Yep. For those that didn't listen to whatever the fuck happened last time, listen to the Batman with two dicks. That's that was the name of the episode. <laughs> but my theory was that Bruce made a deal with some kind of entity or demon or god or something to have his parents killed. Yeah, man. That's what I think happened. You know, because basically they were into so much bullshit and basically making his life a living hell. Yeah. So. Are you going to eat another cheeseburger if that's wrong? I'm going to do something. <laughs> I'm going to do something. We'll see. We'll see. Eat a, eat a whole large pizza. <laughs> Ooh. Nobody wants to see me do that. I don't even want to see me do that. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got now. I got my titties in a twist. Okay. No pun intended. <laughs> okay. Oh, maybe it is. Yeah. You didn't want no more dick jokes? Well, I got titty jokes. <laughs> Because you know, this is the DC Black Label, right? Right. This is supposed to be for mature readers, right? Right. That's why we got. To, that's why we got. We had. To, we had to look at Batman's dick last time, right? Right. You know, Harley Quinn. That shot of Harley Quinn straddling fucking Batman with their fucking showing her scars. Yeah. You know that was an exposed nipple, but they covered it up. Because everybody bitched about Batman's dick. Oh, okay. Now, now, well, let's back this up. Let's back this up. Let's back this up. Now, do you know this for sure, or are we just going on? I'm like, just. I, I don't I know mean, for sure. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, but I I'm assuming like... they covered up her. Because look, if you look at that panel, it looks like half-assed. <laughs> you know the. <laughs> like it just drew right they, over. Just they just drew right. Like they just covered that shit up because they didn't want people to bitch. So. We got to see Batman's dick, but we don't get to see Harley's tits. What, what the, the fuck, hell? man? Even though we've seen Harley's tits in other books before. Yeah, it's like, and, what and, the hell, and man? And White Knight, in White Knight, one of those books, they had a fucking sex scene and she showed nipple in that one. And this is supposed to be the black label for mature readers. Right. And they bitched about dick. Now we don't get tits. But they say, like, fuck every other word. In yeah, the- everyone's swearing up the storm. <laughs> But no tits. Right. You got Jesus Christ Joker, but you can get over a dick and some titties? He's strangling Harley Quinn. Right. <laughs> he, he's beating this shit out of there, punching her in the face repeatedly. Yeah. He's, yeah. We're, we're but fine we don't get with that, see, though. We're fine with that. Yeah, but we can't see it. We can't see a nipple. Can't, can't see a nipple. In a, day, in a day and age where women are fighting for the right to breastfeed in public, free the nipple. DC right. is gonna fucking cave to this bullshit. Oh wow! Yeah, why? Did... Just for that, three out of five. Oh come on! Okay. <laughs> That's fucked up. That is fucked up. <laughs> you took off a point for a half a point for each nipple. Just for the not. Just for the. Just for DC not having balls to show. I, I, okay, tits. I'm, I'm on the page right now. I definitely see what you're talking about. I definitely see. Yeah. That. Yeah. Oh, come on. The, come on, <laughs> Jeff Johns. Yeah, man. You can't give in. Yeah, for mature readers. Right. Hyped all this shit. Make us buy this big-ass book. 
fucking seven dollars and shit. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, man. Damn it. I'm, fuck it. I'm gonna give it a three also. I was gonna give it a higher score <laughs> than you said that. Because I'm sitting here looking at the panel. It's, it's clearly exactly what you said it was. Yeah, yeah. They just painted over it. That's all they did. Just just a, a quick edit over it. Ah. Yeah, you know, you know it was probably exposed. Um, oh, man. Because of all the bullshit, because everybody's a bunch of, act like a bunch of babies over a penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a dick. It's just a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What other Batman book we got, man? We got the Batman Who Laughs. Okay. You want to do it? I want to do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, I we can. Do you want to do it? Uh, who's? I guess I could do it. I don't yeah, know. You, you, you want to do yeah, it? Yeah, I'll let you do that. One. Okay, the Batman and laughs. It's awesome. Buy it. Five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to review it. Man. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, Snyder. Well, picking up for where dark. Now I haven't read any of that Justice League shit, so I was a little uh, foggy on some of the shit a little Only bit. Only thing you need to know is that he made a deal with Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor let him lose. That's all. Okay, who? Batman who laughs? Yeah. Okay. So basically, Batman is chasing these uh, these these uh, cronies who are – were they burying a body? They got a body, and they're trying to bury it where all the homeless people are buried. Right. But Bar- Batman catches up with them and um, beats the shit out of them and grabs the body. It turns out it's a, it's Bruce Wayne's – it's his body. It's Bruce Wayne's body. Um. But it looks like uh, a different version of Bruce Wayne's body. Older version. Yeah. Uh, a happy version, right? Wasn't he smiling? Yeah, happy so version. He's got a tattoo of his kid. He's got a wedding ring. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a really weird mystery setup. Um, then all of a sudden, what's this Grim Knight shit? See, man, who's this Grim Knight, dude? See, they've never showed him before. He's never been in a book before. This is his first appearance. Okay. Okay, I thought he was part of Justice League or something. I don't no, know. No, no, been... no, no. They, they, they specifically say in the book that the, the Batman who laughed has been hiding him the entire time. So we, okay. we, we never appeared since then. But I, I honestly, okay. when I saw him, I was like, Eli, go get his book of five out of five just for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does. He shows, he, he <laughs> breaks into Arkham and just murks everybody with guns and shit. He, yeah. I mean, he's a punisher. Frank Castle dressed right. up as Batman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then they and then uh, there's a Joker. He goes to the Joker's cell, and uh, but then the Batman who laughs shows up and kills the Joker. But it turns out that wasn't really the Joker, right? Because the Joker's and, already escaped. Yeah. So basically, at the end of the book, there's a Joker that creeps into the Batcave, and then fucking uh, uh, what's he doing? There's like a he pulls the gun out on Alfred or whatever. Yeah. And Batman tries to stop him. And then he shoots himself, doesn't he? Yeah, the gun because it was a trick gun that was designed to backfire on him. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And it releases the the Joker toxin. Right. So because, and he's like, yeah, yeah, because he's like, you know, the Batman who laughs is here. Um, the only way you can defeat him is if you become him. So he uh, kills himself in front of the Joker or in front of Batman, and Batman takes a whiff of the the toxin. And the last panel, it shows Batman going ha, 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 ha. Yep. So I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> so we got a Joker Batman. Yep. A Batman who laughs in this universe. So. Right. Which was weird because honestly, I didn't understand what this book was. When I first started reading, I thought it was a, I thought this book was supposed to be about like where he came from or like a prequel book with Batman. I didn't know it was in this universe. 
Yeah, well, there was a tie-in. There was a bat. There was a Joker or a Batman who has tie-in during Metal. So, but yeah, I was I was kind of expecting the same thing. It was going to be like him doing shit. I didn't know it was going to be, you know, Scott Snydery multiverse shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he's actually in this universe, right? Because basically, they show Mister Freeze, right? So that that Punisher Batman killed everybody except Mister Freeze. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but everybody else was fucking dead. So that's I don't know where the fuck they're gonna go with the story with that one. But the funny thing is that like when because Batman knew Joker was in the river, like in, going to the Batcave, he knew yeah, that. Yeah, wasn't that wasn't that from not the court of out? Was it Death in the Family? Where it, it was from two? It was, was from Death in the Family and Endgame. It was from Endgame, both. Endgame, yeah. Yeah, yeah he knows both. how to get. He knows how to get in the Batcave and shit. Yeah, he knows that's the that's the entrance to get in the Batcave. He's known it because he's coming there several times before. So Batman knew Joker was already coming. Yeah, which is really fucked up. So yeah, cool ass story. Uh, I'm gonna give it a 4.5 out of five because I just want to see because it it was confusing for me at first. Cause I thought it was a multiverse story, not knowing that it was a a regular story. I kept thinking yeah. that the Batman at the beginning of the story was like, okay, when is he going to become evil? But no, it's just regular ass Batman. So yeah, yeah. But I'm interested to see where the story goes. You got evil Batman versus evil Batman. Evil, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. It turns out. Yeah, six issues. So I'm on board. Yeah. Oh, we got <clears throat> we got any more Batman books, or did we ran through them all. I think I we we we're done with the Batman section Ooh, of the podcast. Okay. Shit. <laughs> okay. My turn. <laughs> Okay, now let's talk about Superman number six. Let's, we, I'm, I need a palate cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Superman. Okay, so Superman number six. Superman's in the Phantom Zone with Rogozar. Last time we left off, Dodd just overheard with his super hearing that Rogozar killed Krypton. He's fucking pissed. So the book starts off with Zod and Rogozar beating the shit out of each other. And Superman tries to interrupt them. Zod just slaps him the fuck away. And he realized, oh, yeah, I'm not going to stop these guys fighting. So he's sitting there debating, well, what should I do? Should I stop him from fighting? Should I just let him kill each other? What should I do? And he thinks about it, he's like, I got it. And he just joins Zod, and they both start fighting Rogozar. You know, Rogozar is just looking at both of them like, you can both fight me. I'm still going to kill both of you. I don't care. You know, he just gives him that look. And Superman kind of lets Zod know in his own way that Rogozar also killed Kandor, you know, which really pisses off Zod. So right before Zod and, and Superman can just really just go to town on Rogozar and just rush at him, uh, next second blinks, and Superman is back on Earth. And the Adam and, and Adam Strange, I might say his name wrong, but they look at him like, thank you, we, we got you back, Superman. You're back on planet Earth. We were able to pinpoint you in the Phantom Zone and find your molecules and we were able to bring you back. And Superman's like, no, 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 send me back. Send me back right now to the Phantom Zone. They're like, Want to go back to the Phantom Zone? Like, yes, send me back right now. I got to find out what happened with Rogozar and Zod or what's going on there. But before he can, they can do even finish the conversation, Martian Manhunter tells him that there's an emergency going on across country. And Adam looks at him like, okay, you can go back to the Phantom Zone and defend the honor of Krypton, a planet that's already dead, or you can help save the Earth right now. The man looks and like, all right, I'll go save the planet. So he goes and does his Superman shit, goes saves everybody, stuff like that. The whole time he's thinking, he's wondering what happened on 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 Phantom Zone. I mean, on, on the Phantom Zone. Uh, spoiler alert: Rogozar beats the shit out of Zod. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he doesn't know that, so he just stuck there. So while he's saving the planet, 
and he knows that the only way to get answers about what's going on, I got to find my father, but I don't know where's Jor-El is. He could be anywhere in the multiverse, but I don't know. And then as soon as he turns around, he said, oh, I recognize the heartbeat, but it can't be. It's stronger, uh, more powerful than what it used to be. And he turns around and it's Jonathan Kent, but he's oh, older yeah. and flying, which he couldn't do before. And he's like, hey, dad, don't be alarmed. That's how the book ends. And at the bottom it says, next issue, The Return of Superboy. Oh, ends. shit. Yeah. So, right. pretty cool story. I give it a four to five. I'm still pissed off that Superman can't get a good fight in with Rogozar. Somebody's always interrupting that shit. Supergirl interrupts it. Batman interrupts it. Zod interrupts <laughs> it. Fuck. <laughs> Eventually, they're going to have a good fight. But I don't, but they, but they still dragging on this mystery of did he do what he said he did and why is he so fucking strong? Just beating the shit out of every because honestly, I feel like he would have killed both Superman and Zod if they both would have fought him at the same time. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, that's all I got. Well, I got more, but what another book? Um, what else you got? I got you. Are, I, I I'm done with DC. All I got is the the only Marvel book. Do you want me to do Miles Morales or do you want to do Miles Morales? I'll do Miles Morales. All right, well, go ahead. Yeah, fuck it. I do my rise. You just jump in whenever you, you need to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, we're on this uh, Spider-Man multiverse kick, and Marvel honestly was pretty smart with this by releasing a Miles Morales book at the same time. And, oh, shit. Yeah, and the funny thing is that this is the first time that Miles Morales has been written a solo book that wasn't done by Bendis, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, because Brian Michael Bendis, you know, uh, Miles Morales is his baby. You know, I guess, yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, he has been writing. Yeah, I mean, in the so, Ultimate Universe, when he made him, Bendis was all over him. He, Bendis brought him over to the regular universe, still kept writing those stories, still kept cracking out stories when Bendis left. So now this is a whole new creative team on here. And matter of fact, Eli, they said specifically, this is your new favorite book. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's what they said. So, okay. why wouldn't lie? <laughs> so yeah so we get to the uh beginning of the story and basically miles Morales is in school uh, in his prep school the same school he was in the movie visions you know uh they basically give him assignment he's got to write a diary so he's writing a diary about his exploits like that he's basically telling him all the stuff he does how he became miles Morales, what he does with him. apparently his dad is a shield agent he just found that out his parents know who he is blah blah, blah stuff like that and the book starts to get kind of topical and political SJW-ish. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Comic skaters are going to hate They're going to hate. Well, they're going to hate this book anyway. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's just a cherry on top. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like, you're going to get pissed off anyway. Might as well give you a reason to, you know. (laughs) So, like, his girlfriend, you know, is babysitting this boy. And the reason he's babysitting the boy because his family uh, has been detained, you know, by the Mexican border. Mm -hmm. And kids have been getting kidnapped, left, right, stuff like that. And they're being taken. And, you know, Miles is thinking to himself, like, should I do something about it? Because, remember, he's not just black. He's black and Puerto Rican. He's Afro-Latino. So, you know, those are his people, too. Mm -hmm. You know, so he has a, you know, he has to think long and hard about, like, should I do anything about this? I don't know if I should jump into that because that that may be past my jurisdiction as being Spider-Man. But before he can think about it too long, of course, you know, it's a, a robbery across street, across town, stuff like that. He sees a bunch of dudes dressed up like that. He goes to there, beat the shit out of himself. But while he beats the shit out of him, he turns around and it's Rhino. Now, apparently, this is the first time he's ever seen Rhino before. First time Rhino's ever seen him. Rhino looks at him. Oh, yeah, you're that spider kid, that, that new one. 
uh yeah i, I had no time for you let me know when the real one gets here you know <laughs> and you know and miles just attacks him anyway rhino just brushes him off like dude you're nobody you're you're not even at good the other one is like faster than you you know you're outmatched you know he's throwing webbing at him nothing happens he even does that spider venom sting shit on him rhino just brushes it off and eventually rhino actually just gets tired of fighting him he's like you know what kid you win fuck it i'm not here to fight you anyway i have other shit to do I'm here looking for one of my family members, his cousin or niece or something like that. And Please. yeah, and they know where he's at. So he goes there and Miles Morales goes and fight those guys again and knocks off the mask on like the smallest one of the soldiers. And it turns out to be that same kid. His girlfriend was babysitting. And he's like, yeah. what the hell? So apparently, and I'm just guessing because we know about the next issue. It looks like whatever supervillain group this is. They're doing human, they're human trafficking the people at the Mexican border. Yeah, immigrants. They're yeah. turning them into weird robot drones. Yeah, which is kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's a story. I didn't expect it to go that way. It was a pretty easy, breezy Spider-Man story that we've seen before, especially with Rhino, you know. But just the fact that they threw that in there, I'll give it a 3.5 out of 5. It's cool. I got to see where it goes. I'm going to see where it goes. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool jumping off point. I think it's a real introduc- cool introduction to Miles. Um, it brushes up on all who he is, all the characters in his life. Um, just a cool introduction to him. Um, and I, th- I feel like anybody can pick up this book and just, you know, know who Miles Morales is. And um, and I thought it was a cool, as, and it, like you said, it came out just in time for the movie, mm-hmm. you know. And I... You know, because that's what's been bugging me about Marvel movies and their comics. Like, the comics are nothing like their movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so like any sure kid. flies in the comics. You don't Yeah, so it. any kid Iron you know, goes to, goes to you know, see Iron Man and I want to go get an Iron Man comic and find out she's a, you know, a teenage black girl. Right. And Thor's a woman and like, <laughs> like, like, this is nothing like the movies that I love. That right. make billions of dollars, <laughs> but here you go see into the Spider Verse, and you can go pick this comic up and like, hey, yeah, and this damn is it, cool. everything you've seen in the movie is in the comic. Yeah, it's Miles Morales is still black. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he's still male. Yep. <laughs> you know, and and yeah, it's just a cool introduction to the character, and he gets to fight one of the main villains and all that shit, and it touches up on some uh, current events. You know, yep. so. I'll go a step higher. I'll give it a four out of five because I, I just thought it was fun, <laughs> you know. Okay. I, I, the only reason I get a three point five, I think it took a while for us to actually get to the the fight scenes, the action. Yeah. You know, and that's but that, and that's Spider Man. That's an you know Spider Man's always there's a soap. It's a soap opera, you know. Yeah. Teenage soap opera. Yeah, because he was with know? his girlfriend and his best friend, and you know all this yeah. stuff. And yeah, I, I I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, should we get any books? I got a, I got some indies I gotta go before through. We, before we go with it, I got one more thing because I've got to say this about the Spider Man, and we, we're not gonna talk about the movie anymore. But one thing, okay, was it me or was Aunt May playing Adam, Madam Web? <laughs> I don't know. I know. I didn't some, even think of that. That's some <laughs> deep cushion. Is that like one scene where they really tried to show you, like, drive it down your throat that she was really Madam Web? Well, I was wondering, I was like, what you, what universe is this where Aunt May like is like 
M from James Bond or whatever. Yeah, and it, it's, <laughs> it's got to be Madam Web. That's what she's doing because she yeah. know she she made the suit for him. Mm-hmm. She said, "Yeah, I made the wish, uh, web shooters myself. You can have them." So yeah, yeah I'm, that, I'm thinking. That, I'm thinking like if we ever get a, a commentary or something like they're gonna say, "Yeah, Aunt May was playing Madam. She was Madam Web in this in this universe." Okay. Cool. So yeah. All right. Um, so I got, is that, do you got any more books? I'm done. I'm out. Okay. Yeah. I had like, I, yeah, I had a read a ton of shit this week, but I better get through these. I, I had some indies I want to go through murder Falcon. Number three. Um, I just adore this book. Um, this book is basically, it's way more metal than dark Knight's metal. And that's coming from a metal head. Oh wow. So <laughs> it pretty much knows its audience. It's a, it's a comic about a metal head named Jake who has been down and depressed because of the death of his girlfriend and he's sort of given up on playing music but then this portal opens up from another dimension and these giant kaiju monster beasts come start tearing up the city and then this warrior named murder falcon he's like a basically a big muscular warrior with a you know a falcon's head he tells you know he tells jake like hey uh um you've been chosen to help save the world and metal is the key. So Jake plays his guitar, which gives Murder Falcon the power he needs to destroy these monsters and shit. So that's basically the premise of the story. Um, we're on issue three here. And this book just goes more in depth into Jake's backstory, dealing with the grief of his girlfriend. Um, we find out that he was actually kicked out of his band because of his depression and his lack of interest in, in music. Um and him and Murder Falcon end up tracking down his old band members to get the band back together and start rocking out, which will give you know Murder Falcon the power to destroy this monster that's you know busting up the city. And um, I gotta say, I really dug this book because I, I play drums, and the drummer takes center stage in this book and <laughs> helping defeat the monster. You know, it does, you know, the drums create this giant tidal wave and summons this big giant kraken monster that takes out the kaiju beast. So I thought that was really cool, you know. <laughs> okay. So um, I, th- you know, I'm really digging this book. It, it really highlights how music is a form of therapy and and like especially like aggressive forms of music like heavy metal is actually quite cathartic and helps metalheads deal with their angers and frustrations and shit. Something I can relate to, you know, so I really dug on that. And it makes a ton of references that fans of metal will get, you know what I mean? <laughs> so if you're into metal, you'll get a lot of the fucking, uh, the, the Easter eggs in this. And I got the variant cover, which is basically a, uh, a homage to a uh, bolt thrower this band this old school death metal band called bolt thrower it's basically a homage to their war master album cover okay. and even the murder falcon logo is in the bolt thrower font and shit so it's a fun story a fun comic um and with surprisingly a lot of heart so i dig on it four out of five um what else do i got uh oh william gibson's alien three Number two. So this is issue two. Um, they are adapting the screenplay of sci-fi authors William Gibson's uh, uh, script that he wrote back in the late 80s. He wrote a draft for Alien, the Alien 3 movie, but they didn't choose it. They ended up going making the Alien movie that we, that we all saw in the theater about the prison planet. 
But this is, uh, they basically took William Gibson's script and adapted it into a comic book here. And this script is more in tune with James Cameron's Alien. Um, it was more fast-paced and action-packed. And this story centers around the survivors of the second Alien movie being discovered by this galactic territory called the United Progressive Peoples, or the UPP, which is sort of a metaphor for the Soviet Union. Um and they have they they've basically rescued Ripley and Hicks and Newt on the Sulaco, that military ship they were on. And they discover that Bishop, the android, has somewhere somehow been able to uh, incubate and alienate. So this issue picks up, you know, there's the, the Utani Whaling Corporation has found out that the UPP has salvaged the Sulaco, the marine ship, and they're just trying to get it back. Um, meanwhile, the UPP are experimenting on Bishop and the alien DNA. So this second issue is, it's just it's a slow burn. It just deals with the cold war era, uh, era, like intrigue and, you know, the bureaucracy, you know, as the, these, the tensions between these two superpowers are start rising because the Sulaco was a military ship that entered UPP territory that violates peace treaties. But then again, they want to keep the ship because it's got the alien DNA and they want to experiment on bioweaponry and all that shit. But it's just a lot of political intrigue. It's just full of exposition, kind of slow. I give it a three out of five just because there wasn't a lot of action. It was just mainly a lot of talking. I think reading this in a trade, I might just wait for the trade now because this was just a slow burn. So yeah, three out of five. Okay. Um, and my last book is Bitterroot number two. Okay. Um, and this is awesome. This is su- so surprisingly cool. So this story follows the, a family of like monster hunters in the Prohibition era Harlem. And they've been slaying these like demon creatures called Jinnu for hundreds of years. And these demons sort of possess people and feed off negative energy. And this book continues fleshing out the characters. This is issue two. Um, we're getting to know the more fam, the family and the dynamics and the relationships and more exposition on how these monsters operate and the magic alchemy and the herbs that this family uses to destroy them. Um, there's a really cool scene, um, which was teased in the last issue where this monster hunter ambushes a KKK lynching and kills all the clan members. And it's revealed all the clan members were these demons. They were actually monsters in human disguise. Um, And the the monster hunter ends up uh, teaming up with one of the rednecks that were at the rally. Um, Because he's not, he's still, he hasn't shed any blood or killed anybody yet. So he hasn't been infected with evil yet. So uh, he ends up, this like redneck dude and the black guy, the black monster hunter guy, end up teaming up. Because the, the redneck says he knows where there's more of these demon KKK guys are. So really cool story. Really cool shit. Um, it's like I said, I mentioned this before. It's, it's like horror, the horror genre told from a black perspective, which I think is really cool. So, yeah, this is my book of the week. Five out of five because this is just awesome. Bitterroot, yo. Check it. Ooh. And that's all I got. Okay, well, <laughs> I think we've done our, our fair gauntlet on, on comics. I think we might have got Comic Cast this week. 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we got credit for next week because next week's all going to be about Aquaman and shit. <laughs> yeah, so we got all this shit knocked out the way because we're, we're going to yeah. do what we should have did with Spider-Man this week. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't reading shit next week. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Just nothing but uh, Jason Momoa's sweaty, oily pics. <laughs> two hours. <laughs> Uh, that being said, if you listen this long, definitely like, share, subscribe. We have our other podcasts. We have our sister podcast, Geeks Ass. Uh, we also have a comic cast, which probably going to do way more books than we did. But, hey, that's, that's what they normally do. Uh, we also have these Geeks and Comics. Uh, they also have Hulu TV, Get Valiant, uh, Instrument Destruction, which Gomer gave me a cease and desist about saying they're <laughs> dead. <laughs> So they're still alive in our hearts, in, in our memories. So, uh, and talking ball, which should be dead for now, unless they're gonna come back like a Jason movie next year. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Like I said, uh, next week we're gonna do nothing but Aquaman, and hopefully be there, listen to it, and we're gonna knock it out and give our uh, unfiltered thoughts of what we think about it. So until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. Talk to you guys next week. Same bully time, same bully channel. Thermometers, 2,000 surrounding us. Travel 2,000 kilometers to hang out with us. What's up, danger? What's up, danger? Hey, didn't know they doubted us. Makes it that more marvelous. Sign them up because I'm in this vibe and I get synonymous. What's up, danger?